Good to be back from the break. Welcome back to You Press Play Sports. Uh, some big news coming out into the university press. We have a new sports editor here. Welcome to the long uh, list of former sports editors. Welcome to the new sports editor, J.D. Del Castillo. What's Hello, uh, Ronald. Uh, you, you guys make me blush. I appreciate it. It, it, it's, it feels good to, to be back doing the show and, and to join the sports editor club. Two past sports editor, lots of lots of good work, um, you know, to reflect on. Appreciate you guys, and um, you know, just excited, excited, and um, very honored to to be the next sports editor for the University Press. Yes. Yeah, so before we dive into uh, the national championship talk, uh, let's go back and run over uh, how was our uh, winter breaks? How was winter break treat? Did, you, did guys? you go back home? I did get to go back home. We got to spend um, holidays with the family. Hope you guys uh, got to enjoy yours as well. Um, it was good for me. Watched a lot of ball. Yeah. Um, bear season is over, so one less thing to stress about. Same with Patriots. <laughs> oh, oh wait. So I'm the. I'm, oh yeah, I'm the only uh, person that their uh, favorite teams in the postseason. My dad's Eagles are also still in the postseason. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll we'll get into it. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. But um, yeah, man, it, it was nice to be at the break. Um, I usually go back home to New York, um, but we stayed down here in Florida. Um, stay with my dad's side of the family, so it was good to be in warm weather. I I'm a fan of the cold. I actually I prefer. Me too. Me too. I I pre like for my thought process is like if you're cold, you could just put extra layers on and get hot. But if you're hot, it's not really too much you can do to get and cold. Like, yeah. uh, northern states like they're so beautiful. Like in winter time, we're on floors like cures palm not, trees dry no up. Winter. Tornadoes. Did you guys see that video of the freaking tornado that was in Fort Lauderdale? I there seen. was one. It literally, and it like it hit like a like an electrical plant or something. Yeah, like bro, tornadoes and aliens in South Florida. <laughs> hey, bro. Yeah, this this place is a GTA server straight yeah. up. Um, but what about you, Maddox? Did you go back to uh? Yeah, I headed back to Tarpon. Spent Christmas with the fam, uh, and just hang just hang out. Uh, got ready for the new year and getting ready for the new semester. Um, nice, some nice. Great cla some um, great classes. I'm excited to be a part of. Them. I'm sure you guys also have some classes you're excited to be to be a taking. Yep. Uh, so last night was a tremendous game between the Michigan Wolverines and the Washington Huskies. Michigan won the game 34 to 13. Close game throughout the entire game until right around the fourth quarter. Michigan defense played well 7-3 on Washington, just made multiple errors. And Michael Penix Jr. just got attacked by the injured. Um, so how are you guys uh, reactions to the game? Um, well, yeah, tremendous isn't what I would call it. Um, it was I, a pretty good game. It, it was, was a pretty all right. The beginning was tremendous. The end it was like, okay, no, yeah, Michigan's yeah, for sure. Like definitely that touchdown at the end of the first half to, to make it interesting. Um, and, you know, I didn't really have a dog in the fight too. Like I, I like the parody. I like that. It's not just Alabama and Georgia or like Alabama, Clemson, like the same five teams. I did really enjoy different teams, but, um, I was a big fan of Penix coming into it and, um, you know, Michigan just didn't really care too much about it. It was it was an interesting game that that Michigan defense is definitely one for the history books. Um, but yeah, I mean, congrats congrats to Michigan. Uh, cool to see uh, you know another undefeated team. Six, I think it's like the sixth undefeated team in college football history. Um, but yeah, I mean, not really too many thoughts. What about you, Cam? Yeah, um, you're you're right. It wasn't the greatest. Like national championship game of all time, but it wasn't sixty-three to seven. Yeah. Yeah. But you kind of said it. Like Michigan's defense is so great, and they're so dominant on like the line of scrimmage. And you know they just got Penix off his game. He didn't look great. Um, they made some mistakes, and Michigan took advantage. Um, sucks now that we're gonna have to listen to like the 
Is there an asterisk on the... Yeah. Uh, do you guys think there's an asterisk on the champion? I... Me, the way I see it is, like, that whole time that he served the suspension was when they probably played their toughest games. Or uh, when, when the, the whole um, controversy of, like, Connor Stallions and stealing signs, like, they beat Penn State... They won the Big Ten Championship beating Ohio State. They won the Big Ten Championship. They beat Alabama, and then they win the Natty. So I feel like they won their toughest games after the controversy was over. Yeah, well, with Alabama and uh, Iowa, the Big Ten Championship, uh, I believe that was with Jim Harbaugh for both games. Harbaugh definitely was at the playoffs, but I think for the Iowa game, it was, it was his return. Yes. The last three games were under uh, offensive coordinator Shamar. I believe his first name is Shamar Moore. Yeah. And, yeah. like, I think he did a pretty good job as being like an interim head coach in those uh, for three sure. games. Yeah, I mean, Even though, out. like, two yeah. out of the three games were against ranked teams. Well, two out of the three games were against ranked teams, but each game was, like, by, like, a one-point pos- one possession. Like, uh, decided by one possession. Yeah. Which and one of the games against Maryland, which... I think, like, it's kind of, like, a small clad of, like, Ohio State fans that are, like... Yeah, are that. people that feel like Florida State got cheated? It's, I mean, I, they did get cheated. I no, but I, I, gonna, I think that was our backtrack in time. I, I think yeah, we missed a lot of great we news did. over the break. Um, oh my God, Draymond I mean, Green. We could have had like three episodes, like yeah. literally just about Florida State. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think there's an asterisk. Pretty all right game. What would you guys? What would you guys rate the the college football season as a whole? Better than the NFL. No, but like on a, like a grading scale. Like the playoffs, or like the overall. Season? Just the overall season. Overall season. I mean, there were a lot. Taking of a factor to FAU football. Yeah, taking a factor like, into the big. I was gonna say like majority of my like time looking at college football was a lot of it was just through the uh, the sixth floor of the U- FAU stadium watching yeah. FAU football. So, but seeing some other games like on TV um, on Saturdays, I do think it was a good season overall. I mean, college football never disappoints at all. There's always news. That's why Josh Payton has like a show going on God, almost yeah, the entire like almost all year round because like college football like nothing ever like uh, boring happens. There's always like big news happening within college football. So yeah, it was. I feel like it was a good season. Regardless. I don't like I like me too. I don't have like a overall like an A plus B plus whatever grade. But it was, the NFL season was just there's so many injuries. And it was like, like the backup quarterback for like and like you said for once it was like two teams in the national championship who that we're just not used to seeing yeah I mean and I guess like Michigan has been there a couple times but it was like been there a couple times and like floundered like yeah yeah, yeah. it was the first time for both teams because they have had like the BCS national championship for like a long time but then they changed it in 2014 to the national championship, but that was like the first time both teams were in the national like championship game. And, and for say what you want about like the Michigan thing, that was like such a great like s- like storyline, whatever you want to call I, it. And it's such a great storyline though, because I feel like there's just so much fake outrage, which is what the media does mm-hmm. just for the sake of yeah. of content. But like, I mean, I, I, if I was an Ohio State fan and I lived in Ohio my whole life, I would, probably would yeah, I'd be like, there's an asterisk, <laughs> fire Jim Harbaugh, suspension, but like, you know, being a South Floridian, there's just like, kind of like, on the outside looking in, like, what's going on up north, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of reminds me of the, uh, one of the Chiefs, it was a Chiefs home opener against the Lions, everyone's like, oh, the Lions took out the Chiefs, that's an asterisk, because Travis Kelsey, your star player, wasn't in the games, like, regardless, like, yeah, like, yeah. Way, like I, did, I do game, remember saying, yeah, the heavy asterisks on that game, which is, like, whatever. Yeah, but no, people love to throw, like, throw around, like, the Mickey Mouse, the asterisk thing, like, the bubble around. has done serious damage yeah. to sports talk. Yeah. Right, but, uh, for Jim Harbaugh, uh, him as a head coach, would this be the last time, you guys think this would be the last time we will see Jim Harbaugh coaching 
college football, do you think he will go pro or no pro? I think that's pretty much the the general consensus. I don't I really hear. Go, yeah, I, I don't hear too. Pro, I don't hear too many people talking about him going back. Um, I think it's kind of more like where. Where? Yeah. yeah, like to me, there's like multiple options. I mean, under him, I did some research on this. So, uh, the year prior to Harbaugh join uh, joining Michigan, like I think it was like 2015, whatever was his first season. The year prior, they were five and seven. After that, except for COVID, they have. They have never had a season where they were under 500. So un- with him, they were 85-25 overall. Yeah. Did great jobs. So I feel like a lot of teams, a lot of teams like uh, the Raiders, Chargers, now the Patriots, teams that like the past couple seasons have been not doing so yeah. hot. We could use a coach like Jim Harbaugh again. Or yeah. the Bears. Yeah, or the Bears. Yeah. My only thought process with wherever Harbaugh goes is uh, do you want him on the Bears? I do. But, okay, so he's an offensive-minded coach, right? Exactly. So, you know, we can, I feel like we can unpack that. But my whole thought process is he's 60 years old, and I feel like older coaches like that, especially with we saw, like, the camaraderie that he had with, with you know, that team. Like, coaching million-dollar full gro- uh, adult athletes is a way different thing than coaching, like, you know, collegiate athletes where yeah, they're like, like in the rage. On, you have like an impact on, and on them. their life. You know what I mean? For like, the, for the price, right, like, I'm like already making like millions of dollars. I'm just going. made it clear that he wants to go back to the NFL. Like, he yeah. made it clear a while ago. I feel like also, like, after the season, like, what else has he proved? Because before it was like, oh, Nothing. maybe you need to win title. Maybe you need to like do something else with Michigan and then going to the playoffs and just losing to bad teams. Now it's like, okay, now they've won a national championship. Like, who else are going to prove? I mean, you had a perfect season. Got your first national championship, uh, college football national championship. So it's like, who else are you yeah, going to prove? No, you just you just like hit it on before when you said like what they were five and seven mm-hmm. before he got there, and they weren't great like any years before that. I don't know the exact year, but it was like the nineteen forties or something. Mm-hmm. Last yeah. time they won an outright national championship, um, he has nothing left to prove. That's why, and like he said, um, like in the past, I think I don't know how long it's been, but he like wants to go back to the NFL. Um, and that like that's his alma mater. He brought him back to prominence, whatever. Won them the national championship. Time to go back to the team that drafted you in the first round as a quarterback, mm-hmm. Chicago Bears. Yeah. So, but Super okay, Bowl. okay. So let's complete let's, the arc. <laughs> completing the arc. I mean, hey, the script would love it. But my, if we're getting, if we're gonna get into where, um, I honestly don't have an answer for that. But then I have an answer. A question for you, Cam, is like mm. I don't hear any really noise about Eberflus losing his job. Yeah, I, I feel heard, like, like it, the, 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 the seat was hot at, at the beginning of the season, but I feel like. The defense started Got to improve significantly better. Right, I mean, Montez was, Sweat is like the only player I think in NFL history ever that have played for he's, two he teams and like exact leader yeah. for both teams right. in one season. So I mean, you know, I wouldn't hate that move for for your team, but I just I'm not really hearing too much noise about that. I think that would be like a sleeper team for him to go to if he is an offensive minded coach. Um, and he he's gonna actually be able to benefit from like an older presence. I think the Chargers makes the most sense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know he has that experience as playing court. Cam's over here shaking his head. <laughs> um, I just think it makes sense for Herbert and his development. You know uh, Herbert has all the talent in the world, and I think he's just missing like a great offensive-minded coach. Um, so yeah, I mean th- that's the only place I could think of. But I mean, there's so many coaches that have got fired. Mm-hmm. The coaching carousel has pretty much already begun. Yeah. So uh, yeah, Maddox, why don't you dive right into that one? Uh, yes, a couple of coaches uh, recently been fired this off season, right, right when the week 18 ended. A couple of te- teams let go of their head coaches. Uh, the Falcons let go of Arthur Smith after him getting mad 
I had Dennis Allen, uh, the head coach for the Saints. That was awesome. Uh, yeah, that was then, great. That was great content. Then the Commanders head coach, uh, fire, the Commanders fired their head coach Ron Rivera, and then just today, a couple of hours before the the uh, our podcast today, around two or so today on a Tuesday, uh, the Titans let go of Mike Rabel after he led them to a good co- past couple of seasons, but they're worse at six and eleven, yeah. uh, two straight years not making the playoffs. Um, so how do you guys feel about those? Firing. So you got who do you think? Also, like I think, cost be fun. Who do you think my teams might want to get possibly? Well, the Vrabel one surprised me because correct me if I'm wrong. They had like a GM change year before, like the last off season. Yeah, I think so. And um, you know, he's with a rookie quarterback, a really unpolished rookie quarterback. We knew that. Like whenever they drafted Will Levis, and like you said, he's been. Um, able to lead them to several respectable seasons. And a couple of years ago, they were in the AFC Championship, which exactly. someone pointed out was like for six, in six seasons, like in the playoffs. But um, with Derrick Henry obviously, apparently on his way out, um, they're probably going to want to completely restructure that team. And I guess part of that is a new head coach. That would that would just be my guess because. Um, the the ESPN report actually I think I have it pulled up it was um, talking about how like Derrick Henry himself was like stunned that Mike Vrabel got fired so I guess it must be like a fire sale and I'd say that's probably like not the last of like a personnel moves that uh, is coming out of Tennessee that would be my guess yeah uh, so the statement by the I want to say oh God look at us journalists not doing our research uh, I'm gonna say it's the owner. Um, Amy Adams Strunk, um, you know, asking about the decision. The, the statement reads, As the NFL continues to innovate and evolve, I believe the team's best position for sustained success will be those who empower an aligned and collaborative team across all football functions. So, just big words. Uh, last year, we began a shift in our approach to football leadership, which is the mentioning of the GM firing, yeah. and made several, several changes to our personnel to advance that plan. As I continued to assess the state of our team, I arrived at the conclusion that the team would also benefit from the fresh approach and perspective of a new coaching staff. Um, so, you know, Vrabel, I think he, he's a great coach. Uh, Tennessee was a great team when he first got there. Um, because of him, you know, they, they had a lot of success. Um, but, you know, sometimes these things just happen. Sometimes the vibe is just different. Um, you know, that core that he came in with of Tannehill, A.J. Brown, and Derrick Henry. Um, Derrick Henry is on his way out. I still think he could play at a high level, but I think the style of ball that they were playing with him, they just, you know, wanted to change. Um, the A.J. Brown tra- trade aged uh, terribly. And, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's anything that Vrabel did wrong. Um, I know that Maddox is uh, has ideas about where Vrabel is going to go. Um but yeah, I mean, no thoughts on that. As far as for all the other coaches, I think, I want to say literally every coach except Vrabel, correct me if I'm wrong because I'll look at the list again, none of those guys are getting jobs. Ar- Arthur Smith, he's out of a job. I mean, Ron Rivera. Not head coach. I mean, Ron Rivera's I mean, I, I out I of heard, a job. Heard, head coaching jobs. I mean, like, I heard Ron yes, Rivera, yes. like, people were saying, like, Ron Rivera's like, a, like one of those coaches that, like, the players love, but, like, at the end of the day, I'm going to also mention, bring this te- up. He's yeah, he's I'm, I'm also going like, to kind of bring this up, like, later on in the uh, episode. Is sports is a cutthroat business. Like at the end of the day, it's results. Like, yeah, you can be a great coach, but if you don't pull up the results, and like uh, someone pointed out on Twitter about after Vrabel got fired, like the first couple seasons, back to back, back to back playoffs, made the AFC Championship. 
the past two seasons being below 500, multiple games below 500, that the Titans like, well, we got to do a new change. I mean, I don't know how many years are left on Hopkins' contract. I think like another year or so. So Derrick Henry veteran going out, possibly DeAndre Hopkins going out. A lot of relatively younger guys probably on the Titans team. They're probably going to go very young. They might want to get like a new head yeah. coach, might a young guy, maybe Ben Johnson or someone, new guy. Uh, that's person. what I would say. That's like the the outside of hardball. That's like the big young offensive, like next McVay, Shanahan, whatever you want to. Yeah, I um, mean, just the, yeah, exactly what you said. Like the phrase that everyone uses in media is that the NFL is a very "what have you done for me lately" mm-hmm. kind of business, and I think we're seeing the same thing with Bill Belichick. Yeah, he's the great, arguably the greatest coach of all time, most successful coach in the NFL right now. Uh, two, three, or is it four? I don't even know. A lot of win- a lot of losing seasons. It was like four straight, uh, four years he didn't make like exceed in the playoffs. One year they they did, did make they the, playoffs the playoffs, like and got nearly smacked. did, then lost, but like never like went to like a Super Bowl, never went to like a continued in the playoffs. Right, right. The that. expectation with Bill was that was like they the worst were year under Bill Belichick and like. Well, if you're Robert Kraft, what are you doing? Patriots fan. I mean, gotta move on. I feel like so definitely, but I mean also like Kraft and Belichick have been friends for like a while. They've been like together for like twenty what have so you years. Done? Like, uh, but I think also again like the end of the day, it's like you gotta make a change. Like people, what have you done like, for me some lately? Some Pats fans on social media are like, "Oh, Belichick's still a great coach. Just don't let him be a GM anymore. Right. The GM position, keep him as a head coach." What like, would you I say mean, to that? I mean, I think like either way, at the end of the day, Belichick's a great head coach, definitely like, a Hall of Fame guy. He had a lot of success. For, like the end of the day of his coaching style. A little bit outdated to the way it is, Taylor. Like today, even though still playing teams like older guys around seven years, so they're still like able to, I think, adapt to like, the league. And a lot of teams are also getting a lot of younger coaches and like first year coaches as well. So like the Patriots need to make a change because the past couple of seasons you've seen that under Belichick, sure they made one year in the playoffs, but other than that, like they haven't done it well. Offenses have been doing that well. Defense was okay, especially the season. Defense starting out great until. Christian Gonzalez got injured. A lot of questionable, uh, questionable personnel decisions. That's another thing too. Is that he? The Patriots are getting younger. I don't know, like Belichick's right. Well, he, I mean, he doesn't the, fit the, the timeline. GM, so yeah, because he's, he's been handling like uh, he's making the final call essentially yeah. on draft picks and stuff, and they've had a lot of questionable. Maddox, let's do let's do a little role play. I'm Bill. You're you're Robert Kraft. I I come into your office and I ask what what the deal is about if I'm getting fired. All right, let, let's let's start right now. All right. So what have you done for me lately, Bill? Um, well, I think if you look at my, uh, my work, I feel like I'm saying already too many words, you know what I mean? Like, he, he's short responses, it's like, I, 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 he'll come in and he'll just be like, well, I'm under contract. I gotta say, that's a good impression. <laughs> <laughs> I'm under contract. Uh, um, but... William, we're gonna let you go. William. William. <laughs> Alright, so, you know, if we're moving with the idea that Bill's getting fired, where's Bill going? Nowhere, man. Really? Retirement. I, I guess they retirement home, go to the Bahamas, maybe like multi-millionaire. He's got a crib. Like, I feel like just he's retire. Got, he's got a crib down course, here. Man, he's got a crib down here. Bro, just golf in South Florida or something, dude. Just chill. Like he seemed like he's like he's uh, always like had like the kind of like very stone cold, like serious face in entire life. Like give like your face like a break. Just like just relax. Be like you're like seventy something years old in the game of a uh, tough sport like football, where it's kind of like military esque type of thing. And his yeah. father. Uh, coach for Navy and like Bill Chuck has like a long history of like being surrounded by like the Navy team and like around military. Exactly. So I feel like that kind of causes a lot of stress on someone, including someone like seven plus years old. I feel like definitely like real. I mean, just I, relax, so, man. So, I you have a lot of money. Just go chill. I mean, if, if, if they if they fire him, I think that'll just be like 
it. All right. So, again, so. like he didn't like he's already like proved to people like he was a good yeah. coach's Tiles. Like what else you got to prove? Like you, you've been okay. All right. So I'm gonna rapid fire through all the coaches that got fired beginning of the season, end of the season. You tell me if and where they end up with a head coaching job or if they're done. All right. Arthur Smith. No. No. Okay. Brandon Staley. No. No. <laughs> uh, Josh McDaniels. No. Nah. See, they were already at three. Uh, Bill Belichick. No. Well, I mean, I don't... Retirement. It's not necessarily yeah. not getting a job, but yeah. just retiring. It's different. Okay, all right. Mike Vrabel. Yes. But where? New England. New England. New England. Uh, that makes. I mean, that makes sense. It makes the most any, sense if right anywhere, now. Yeah. If anywhere. That, okay. makes, that, that makes the most sense. I feel like there's one coach I'm missing that got fired. Oh, Ron Rivera. He's the same thing. He's done. He I mean, done. He, he's in like the same boat as Belichick and he's had like riverboat Ron <laughs> he's had like health issues throughout like his career and things like that I think he's just gonna like ride off into the sunset too. All right, actually first before we go into NFL uh week 18 talk um some also some big news coming out earlier today Lejante Wester junior wide receiver from um Palmetto Florida commits to Colorado how you guys feel about that going to, to uh coach prime um, so I was following the story for a bit, uh, looking at his, uh, the, the offers he was getting online. He had offers from like Auburn, a lot of, a lot of pit, lots of power five schools. Um, so I think just to kind of look at it through the lens of FAU, if the, those were the schools and, you know, eventually they were competing with Colorado to try and keep them. No shot. Absolutely like no shot. It's good for him to go to like a bigger, more athletic competitive conference like big 12 to me i feel like big 12 with the new teams coming in i feel like they're definitely gonna be like one like the top conference is probably a little bit more athletically competitive than a acc probably because big 12 is getting a lot of big teams coming in yeah no it's a great opportunity for him to get on like the draft boards and stuff in i guess it'd be 2025 i, mean, I think it would probably um, just be like special teams probably or something no See, then that's what i'm afraid of that's what that was my Col- one no, concern he not. is if well, he will is be he gonna get playing ball. time he will be getting the ball like, i feel like a lot of places he will be, be getting, getting the ball, ball but i feel like for the speed he has like pump returner coach prime will probably put him in that position because I do feel like in the pros, he's probably going to be a uh, special teams pump returner, probably. I mean, at least the start of his career, probably. I mean, we'll have to wait and see. The I think the one, like, shining light for him is, although he was at FAU, um, which, you know, wasn't a very successful football team this past season, he did lead all of uh, FBS in mm-hmm. receptions. So, you know, just having a stat like that Whoa. on your resume is going to put you on the map. And, you know, his targets will definitely go down for sure. He's not going to be getting those, like, 12, 13 targets a game like he was getting down here. receiver and, like, the depth chart. Probably. But, yeah, I mean, dude, if he's – I think of LeJonte Wester. We've seen him play. We see the way he balls out. If he's your third-best receiver out there uh, on the line of scrimmage, you know, I, I don't think that's a bad weapon. I think it's a good pickup for them. Um, so, you know, congrats to LeJonte, and uh, yeah, that's mm-hmm. all I got. Well, right now, I'm looking at a tweet from Shador Sanders that says, we want LeJonte Wester in Boulder from two days ago. Oh, wow. So I, I, I don't have, I, yeah, I, th- I don't I have don't any think... type of doubts about, like, playing time. Um, yeah, if Shadur, I mean, Shadur is just a national figure. If he's out there tweeting that we want him, I actually saw on Instagram, he reposted his uh, verbal uh, commitment post. Um I don't think that 
the, the conversation with Shadur and his pops, uh, Dion, like, I don't think it, the conversation is, yeah, let's just have him as the punt returner. He's, yeah, no, he's, he's going to be out there catching He's going to be getting the, getting the ball a, a steady A steady diet of reception. So, yeah, congrats to him. Yeah, it's a great opportunity. He's going to get on those draft boards, but Colorado has a lot to fix, and he's going to be, you know, part of that process. For us here, though, it kind of stinks. That's going to hurt, man. He was, like, a leader, like, on, off the field and, like, probably the best receiver FAU program. Kind of reminds me of, I mean, I've been watching too much Dolphins ball. It kind of reminds me of like a, a Braxton Berrios, just like those short, like, but sturdy mm-hmm. slot receivers could beat you off the line quick. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited to see him in an actual like power five high octane offense so we can actually get like a very accurate comp of how he's going to be in the league. Yeah, I feel like that'd be an, like another topic for another episode. Like, who would be like the next like top receiver for this Owls offense? But Diving into NFL Week 18, uh, we're going to cover some South Florida teams that have had two teams have not had great uh, season finale. One team actually did. Um, so the Jaguars lose to the Titans, and with that, Pittsburgh, the Houston Texans win their division, and the Bills go to the playoffs, and now the Bills have the second seed uh. in the AFC after uh. they took out the Dolphins. So how do you guys feel about those two Games. Uh, let's, let's start with JD, I think, for the. I was a Dolphins fan. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude. Um, you know, just not to cry onto the mic. I uh, no, no, no. In all seriousness, um, I think this uh kind of just like solidified my my journey as a future journalist of like I'm just not gonna be a fan of a team anymore. Like you know, I'll follow a team, maybe like subconsciously I'll support the team. I, I want the fence to succeed. But most journalists that I've spoken to that are, are, are you know vets in the field, they they just don't have a fan of a team. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, after watching this late season collapse by the Dolphins, I just think that's the way to go. Cause I mean. The, the, the time you want to play your best ball is in December. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the whole narrative, the whole season was that the Dolphins can't be good teams. And you want to know the, all the teams that the Dolphins are playing in December? Teams above 500. And the Patriots, I heard, when they're like five, no, four wins, they took out more power, more teams that are above 500 than the Dolphins. Thanks, thanks for the salt in the yeah. wound, Maddox. <laughs> um, but, yeah, dude, I mean, blowing the two, blowing the, it's, when you have a three-game lead in the division against the Bills, who I feel like when we were talking about them on the show last semester, we kind of just counted them out. And for them to literally crawl all the way back, finish the season on a five-game end streak, it, it hurts my heart to say it, but I, I just can't even, like, be mad or, or or hate on the bills anymore like just like round of applause full credit to them josh allen is uh, a stud just an absolute baller and um yeah i mean i don't know how the wild card's gonna go we're we're stuck playing uh the chiefs at arrowhead on peacock which on, i don't play on a streaming service yeah oh my god there's so much hoopla about that um but yeah i mean do the dolphins have a chance i don't know they're absolutely destroyed at outside linebacker Van Ginkle, Bradley Chubb, uh, Jalen Phillips, who are just absolutely destroyed right now. Um, so, you know, feels nice to be here uh, two seasons straight uh, in the postseason. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just awful, awful showing from McDaniel. Um, has yet to prove that he could beat a winning team. Tua, uh, you know, loves to stat pad against bad teams. And, you know, I, I just I don't want to keep harping on it, but just – uh, the the leaders of the team, the quarterback and the head coach, they got to dig deep because if this repeats next season, somebody's got to pay with their job. 
I mean, you Dolphins fans are so spoiled, man. Spoiled? 11-6, and six, making the playoffs and, like, giving up your allegiance. You would not survive a day as a Bears fan. Oh, man, let me but, play my small violin. Yeah, no, you're right. That disaster class. I mean, um, the narrative going into the game, or going into the game was that, like, Tua always collapses, like, in these, like, late-season, you know, prove-it games, and, like, more of the same. Um, and byproduct of that, instead of playing at home when they would have, I'm not sure who would they, we would have, we, we would have played scenario. the Bills again. Right. You would have played, it would have been a re- at home. Um, but now you, you're going to Kansas City where it's supposed to be like frigid and rainy. And to his 0-4, this is a wild stat. He's 0-4 when he plays in uh, 45 or less degree weather, mm-hmm. which right. is like really not even that cold. Yeah. But... Yeah. So, um, yeah. That. Yeah. That's. Those are the facts. I mean, well, I really was like wasn't confident in the Dolphins' like chances of going into a playoff game. Anybody, anywhere, you know, like over the last month. And I'm not. Is is it one in ten against teams with, above five hundred? Above five hundred now with the only Bills? team we beat above five hundred where they were at five hundred was Dallas. the Cowboys. Yeah, Dallas. No, which so, is like. Okay, that's like if you're gonna beat any team above 500, it would probably be the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. So. And so, I I don't know any playoff team situation I would have been confident uh, with them going into. So especially with especially Kansas City and it's supposed like supposed to like 30 degrees raining. I heard it's supposed to be like 10 degrees was, or something. Like. So I'm, I'm wrong. It's supposed to be even worse. To, you just brought up two of struggles in like those conditions. Like it. It's over. Mm-hmm. It's over, Miami. <laughs> Don't say no, it's no, over. No, 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 Can no, you, okay, but do you guys think it's going to be, like, is it even worth watching on Peacock? Like, I mean, I was going to say no reason why they put on a streaming service. Someone's going to watch it. I mean, the Chiefs also have not been doing well. Log up the streamies. Log up the streamies. <laughs> yeah, it would. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> let's, not, let's not plug that on airways but uh yeah i mean people will find a way to watch it mm-hmm. um i'll be tuned in because every pretty much every playoff game is prime time so there's nothing else to watch yeah. uh but yeah i'm gonna go with a whopping score of 13 7 for the chiefs uh, um also the bucks shout out the panthers to win the nfc north extra nfc south sorry and it turns out they're the only t- nfc team to have returned to the playoffs in four straight years how you guys feel about how the Bucks are playing right now? Do you think Baker Mayfield has proved this season his first season under the Bucks? He could be comeback player of the year, possibly. I mean, it kind of even seems like a stretch, but like, how have you seen him play for this season? For the um, I don't know about comeback player of the year, but you know, it, it's definitely really cool to see like Baker Mayfield redemption after like that kind of ugly exit for the Browns. Not only to see it like turning up into like a flaming like dumpster up there mm-hmm. after they make that move but it, it is really cool now as to in the playoffs um i'm not too like sh- sure of their chances what about you um i mean we're going to talk more about the playoffs on our friday show but um i bet for the bucks i do think that baker mayfield definitely won't be the comeback player of the year but has like his stats have improved and like the best for his like some of them are like the, been the best in his career. I mean, the Eagles are on the on a slip of their own. Like, yeah, it's kind of like in the same sense as like what I just said about the Dolphins. It's like you're what going into the playoffs one in three in your last four. It might be even more than that. They but were like on ten a and one, and then uh, one and five. I think in the last uh, six games. Just a, yeah, like a brutal downward spiral. Like to 
end the year. So um, I'd, I'd be... I don't know, man. I, I don't know. That's a hard. That's kind of a hard one. So uh, as far as Baker, I think he's definitely... I mean, they have they made the playoffs, so they don't have like a very you know like, it's like worthy the worst division in football too. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, a, play, a home playoff spot's a home playoff spot. You're right. Um, you know, I'll definitely give credit to Baker. Um, you know, I wouldn't say he played lights out football. There were some games at the beginning of the season he played. He played diced bad. Up the Bears. But he had <laughs> diced up the Bears, right? I mean, not not too much of a you know star on the resume, but um, like I said before, like you want to play your best football in December, and and they they did that. Their defense consistently under Todd Bowles looks really nice. Uh, defense nobody really would want to see come December, especially at home. Um, and he's definitely cut down on the mistakes. I think comeback player of the year. I think there's a, a lot of uh, better better candidates. We could get we could do our award show on Friday. Yeah. Um, but I think I think he's earned another year. Um, I'm not sure what the contract oh, situation sure. is mm-hmm. like, but I don't see any reason why they don't bring him back. Yeah. Um, just because there's really no other viable option uh, out there. Um, but yeah, I mean that's that's congrats to them. I think them getting a matchup against the Eagles right now when they're on are literally the worst stretch of football they've played all season. Um, I, I like that matchup for them, and I could I could honestly really see an upset if, um, you know, Baker just plays mistake-free football, um, could get that rush defense by the Eagles is not too uh, pretty right now. If the, the run game, which is honestly their weakest position, th- their weakest part of that team right now, if they could get a, just a little juice out of that run game, you know, I think Monday night might be a, a bit of a shocker. Um, so yeah, you know, shout out the Bucks for real. Yeah. All right. So rapid fire. Uh, which player or team uh, was the biggest disappointment and the biggest surprise for you this season? Uh, disappointment: uh, Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence. I was the biggest Trevor Lawrence fan ever since his freshman year at Clemson. Um, just man, I just remember being. Uh, I was honestly, I started getting into football around that time, and when I was watching Trevor Lawrence, I was like the craziest takes i was like this is about to be the best quarterback in the nfl just the way he threw the ball is just spectacular and he just the his game just has not translated from the college to the to the nfl i mean he he listen he could throw you a great ball every once in a while but sometimes when you just see some of the reads he makes um some of just like the the straight ducks that he throws it's just you know you wouldn't think he was the number one overall pick um you know he's he's always available. There were so many injury scares with him this season, and yet he pretty much played through it all. I think he only missed one game because he just was so absolutely beat up. Um, but even then, I mean, dude, you literally secure the division if you beat the Titans, who are a sub five hundred team, and you lost. And you lost to a team that not only beat you, they fired their head coach days later. Mm-hmm. It's just an absolute embarrassment. I don't think anybody saw that coming them losing the divisions to a rookie and a rookie head coached and a rookie quarterback um so yeah i would say those those two teams are definitely really disappointing their their solution was to fire their whole defensive staff because obviously you know somebody had to be the scapegoat but i mean if they're producing the same results uh you know doug might be out the trevor extension might be in question and it's just it's really disappointing because right now they're looking at they're looking like the third best team in that division. Mm-hmm. I'm putting the the Texans and the Colts over them going into next season. Mm-hmm. Cameron, uh, so who has been was been who or was been dis- biggest disappointment uh, or and or surprise? Don't, don't say the Bears. <laughs> oh, well, dang it. Um, <laughs> probably. I mean, I guess this is kind of unfair, but like the Jets, 
It's it's gotta be. Oh, oh since, yeah, yeah f- four plays in, biggest disappointment. You're yeah, seventy-five I seconds mean, of greatness. That's what I'm saying. Like it it you you just like you got a grasp of it, and it was just like gone. And it's not like I w- like was like rooting for the Jets to be great. I'm not like an Aaron Rodgers fan by like any stretch of the word, but um, I like it was. I don't even think there wasn't many like the big talking heads out there like oh is, is it gonna work with Rodgers in New York? It's just like kind of like how long does it take it like the beginning of the season like how far are they gonna take it and for uh like the narrative the entire season is like this is like the biggest disaster in football and you know the the kind of like media storm around uh Zach Wilson um I just even with the teams that were like you know projected to be like great like like you just said the Jaguars and you know, are now, like, headed to Cancun. I can't think of any... Cancun! Like, I can't think of any team that's, like, even close to as disappointing as, like, this Jets season was. Yeah, to me, I, when I saw him get injured, I was like, Jets are going to Jets, Jets are going to Jets, are going to get Dude, all this time, find a way stadium. to do well, and then just uh, do bad. To me, to me, my biggest uh, disappointment also kind of goes as a surprise is Christian Gonzalez getting injured <laughs> against the Cowboys. He was, like, the best player on the Patriots secondary and he could have been on who's on his path to be a defensive player defensive rookie of the year for sure um interested in the world of digital audio or written journalism stop by the sugar palm room located upstairs in the student union room 228 on friday saturday 19 from noon to 2 p.m with free food that's right free food so stop on by open to all majors now going on to men's basketball a lot of stuff has been happening lately with men's basketball. A couple good victories over the winter break. And then lately losing to some subpar teams. Including, I like the, uh, the announcers for Fox jinxed the FAU by saying, oh, the rest of their season after the rest of their season after Arizona is going to be clean, uh, clean sweep. They're going to win. They're going to have easy schedule. And then they lose to a couple of bad teams. So what is, what's your guys' reasons for the downgrade the downfall right now in the owls the past few games who or what is the fault or to be blamed for that uh yeah we were i I know you guys can't see us on air but we're all just kind of like cringing in our seat just like sitting can't just stand still um man that's a really good question because i just i don't really think it's one singular thing and honestly what i want to say is that i just don't think it's really anything easy to blame they're just not playing up to the expectation but i guess to kind of make this question a little more digestible for us like do you think it is our fault as the the fans fault as well as us as the media our fault for kind of forcing those same expectations onto the owls because the narrative right now is is that they are currently at the lost total that they had the entire season last year so i mean i don't know is it our fault for kind of having those same expectations and being disappointed or is is the you know the flack that they're getting kind of justified no i mean it comes with the territory that's what happens when like you go to the final four and then like a season later you're like beating the number four team in the country it's just like like the expectations come with that and like I think the great teams like welcome that um, but like if I had to like it like you said it's like hard to point to just one thing but I think it's just like in writing words about this later so don't want to spoil yeah. that too much yeah but um, just getting away from themselves a little bit after the 
um, Arizona game. It's brutal shooting. That's part of it. I think it was like twenty percent again from three point. That's like something that is like their what they lean on. That's like their trademark. It's what they how they got through the tournament last year is like being able to shoot over these teams that are even like so much larger than them. That's like what they should be leaning on and they're getting in these kind of holes um, early in the first half in these three games, which is kind of like this stretch I guess we're talking about. Um, they went into halftime trailing in all those. That's like rare. If you think back to last season, like whenever they were playing like these like little guys, I guess, on their schedule, they're putting them away in like the first half. It's mm-hmm. like they're going in the first half with double digit like 15 point leads. They haven't been doing that really all year and it's like really really showing up now mm-hmm. um and now they have two quad four loss or yeah quad two quad four losses now yeah F- what is it what are they i'm not really before? too familiar with like the whole grading scale of the losses yeah, I'm but like i mean dude on paper that's on not paper, good that's not good on paper fgcu who almost lost to lost to unf literally after they played us we lost to charlotte who not a bad team is not a bad team but if this you look the at their not if you look at their non-conference schedule they're not playing teams like St. Bonaventure and Arizona and mm-hmm. Illinois like we are um yeah just I mean a lot of terrible losses on the schedule and uh, you know exactly to what Cameron says just what we're used to seeing by the team which is just absolutely raining and cashing in threes it's just it's gone missing and I just I th- that that's the problem and that's why I say there's no way to really put a finger on it because when it comes to a three-point shooting slump it's not our guys are injured it could be our guys are injured but they're not it's all mental it's all mental at this point and you know to really like answer the next question that we have is how to fix that problem it's just you got to lock in and what coach may has been stressing in pressers is that teams are coming at them with their with their most emotional with their with their hardest punch and i i feel like the team needs to be prepared for that and i don't think they were and you know to kind of try and prepare for that to to play with that chip on your shoulder again that's not something that just comes out of nowhere so I just don't really necessarily see an overnight fix, a next game fix for the Owls. The you know the guys are definitely gonna have to dig deep because it's it, as long as you have that ranking on your mark, and even if they're not ranked, you're still a Final Four team. Everybody's gonna want to come and knock off the team that was in the Final Four last year. Um, so yeah, I mean the team just has to get right mentally and, and you know really just dig deep and this next win has to be a state this next game, excuse me, has to be a statement. Yeah, to me I definitely do think that the media and I feel also like the fans both have to also take uh, partial blame, blame as well as like again like the team effort. Not also, take, take blame, but check their expectations. Yeah, cuz I feel like when they had the documentary come out for them. I feel like it was like kind of spotlight, okay, here's this miracle run here. We're going to talk about the team and then like the media, everyone's saying oh, we're going to put them high up on this pedestal, like being the top 10 preseason before the season started. Um, oh, we expect big things coming out for them. I don't think it's much of the schedule. It's like more of just like the spotlight and the expectations that uh, the fans and the media had for them. But also last season, I believe, there was like no injuries for the roster at all. And there were a couple of injuries early on in the season. So like for that, they really didn't, they're still trying to get used to that. They weren't used to that last season. And I do remember... Um, John L. Davis mentioned after the Bryant game 
uh, FAU's first loss, he said, when you're the best, everyone brings their best. And it showed. And so I don't think it was much of, like, FAU not playing out well. I feel like, as JD said, like, everyone is bringing out their, their biggest punch and the team has not been prepared for that yet. And I feel like uh, every practice they should be preparing for them, like, practicing that. Like, okay, it's us against the, uh, against the world. Because even Coach Mesa earlier in the season in this presser, he said he doesn't want the guys to be in March mode uh, in February, which was when the uh, pr- uh, that press conference was. But even now, like six, not six weeks, but like a couple months from the final, uh, from March Madness, I feel like they're going to get to people's head. Yeah, I mean, they don't really need, I, I agree, they don't need to be in March mode in January, but we need you to be in January mode in January. And right now they've, playing like it's the beginning of the season. I mean, that's just the, the flat-out facts. And it goes back to, to what we're saying. Like, you want to play your best ball towards the end of the season. I feel like the narrative would be a lot different if they were dropping multiple games early at the beginning of the season in our non-conference schedule. And I think that's another thing that definitely plays into it is, you know, you don't really want to start off 1-1 one and one in the conference when you were the top of your conference the previous year. Now, granted, to, to play Devil's Advocate, it is a different conference. Um, Much but, more competitive. A lot, a lot more competitive, but the Charlotte's a team that was in the CUSA. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a familiar opponent, so it's not like we're playing teams that were... If we're, if we're losing to Wichita State, you know what I mean? A team that we haven't played before in conference play, it's a different story, but um, it, it, it it's just... You know, uh, we, the next game is uh, next, or not, excuse me, t- Thursday against Tulane mm-hmm. in a away game. Um, big, big statement game because then if they drop that one, they're 0-3 on the road. And right now they're ranked 24. They were uh, went from, I think it was like 17 to 24, jumped 7. And, and a lot of us were shocked by that. It's like, they say they're lucky to still be in the polls. Yeah, to me, I mentioned, I was like, that Arizona win is holding on to a thread right now. Yeah. That topic, you're holding on to that by a thread. You lose a couple, you lose a couple more games, that's all but gone from people's memory, though. Um, because... Uh, it, Arizona's going to have, like, slips of their own, like, as the season continues on. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, but you're, you're right. Um, it Like, the rest of the conference schedule isn't a cakewalk. Tulane's not a bad team. UAB's really good. We All of us watching last year remember how good they were. And obviously Memphis. I mean, like, that's yeah. going to be the game, especially in the uh, season finale, a home game on CBS. Uh, at FAU, that's going to be like the you don't, game. You don't want to be going to Memphis mm-hmm. looking for your first road win. That's a really nasty environment to be going, like, looking for your first road win in. So yeah. it's it's really time. I mean, I, 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 I guess it's good that you're kind of, like, getting this out now because I'd rather this be happening than, say, like, a, like a week before, like, the conference tournament, mm-hmm. like, towards the end of February. Um but yeah, they have a lot to get right, and it's not even just three point shooting. They gotta, they gotta be better inside. Um, turnovers. Turnovers gotta get better. Shot selections gotta get better. Um, a lot of it's gotta get better. Yeah, uh, to me, I feel like how they could fix this is because I thought, because I was thinking like it seems like they kind of like lost their way a little bit because all this expectation is a big spotlight. Like what everyone is like, all the like media, all everyone, everyone glorifying is like. Hall of Fame commentators glorifying FAU. I feel like that kind of got to their heads. So I feel like motivating the team, maybe bringing back someone like Mike For- Michael Forrest, who's yeah. right now, I think, playing like 
in Spain or something. Him come playing back. in us. Yeah, this is come back. Switzerland, Switzerland, Switzerland. Him coming back. He was actually back. just the MVP of October. I want to say recently. coming back and like talking to them. Or yeah, and just like oh, motivate them to be like, hey, I, like, I remember you lost me for a second. Like, I'm, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying something about. I'm saying like have him come back and like and like speak to the team. Love No, come speak. Have him like come back and speak to the team, motivate them, let them know like, hey, like we worked so hard to get to this moment and now we have all this have this moment we have like well, everything we were dreamed of happening to us right now we cannot lose it because thank god like, a lot of the games that was lost have not been like on big game big channels like yeah it's, not. it's on espn plus but still like if you play bat on national tv to like a pun like charlotte or whatever on national tv then that could yeah. tarnish everything they worked so hard for but also Desi May did mention this um, uh, Monday presser thing I wasn't able to attend, but he said that uh, he's, I think he said something about like him like experimenting with the lineup of, or something like that. He's like trying like tweaking it probably. So like maybe yeah. adding and like switching up a little bit because they had like the same lineup uh, I mean, throughout the entire season. So maybe I'm sure we'll see a lot of like lineup experiment. Like, cause that's just, something he's, he's done back to like last year towards the beginning of the season, whenever, um, yeah, I think it was Elijah. Yeah. Elijah that got hurt. Um, towards the beginning of the season and he started like throwing for like the first half of the season it was almost like new starting fives every night so I don't think he's gonna be like scared to like try new things to like yeah I, uh, I feel like just like good kind of experimenting trying uh, new things this season because like it's kind of like well you have it this way now you know how it works maybe try something new maybe get a different result and I feel like another good idea is like motivated in the team of having like call of famers like or like someone like Michael Forrest come back and motivate the team, just something like that, because there was an athletic story uh, that was written about the team before their Final Four run, and in it, it mentioned how the Detroit Mercy head coach, Mike Davis, he went yep. to the team earlier in the season when uh, FAU defeated them, and he said, you guys are the best we have seen in a while. You guys can make it all the way. An outside person came to the team and said, hey, you guys can make it. And I like, kind of awaken them and be like, hey, we all know we can do it, but now someone else outside saw what we do and thinks we definitely can reach that point, motivate them and yeah. motivate them enough to have that long run. So I feel like they should do that because as I mentioned in this um, group chapter, and I was mentioning how all these other teams, Duke, North Carolina, Michigan State, these big men's basketball programs, they've spent decades to like build, work so hard, to get to where they are, so I feel like that's, FAU has the opportunity to do that, and they just but you can't have like a great season not, next season. Do badly. You have to like at this season now, and these high expectations. You got to try and meet them or get to them. Yeah, but that's just that's not what our school is about. Like, I mean, that's the dream. Obviously, we would love to be a basketball school, but I mean, we look what basketball school. Right now, we are basketball. No, but my 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 main idea is, I mean, we were a football school mm-hmm. at one point when we had Lane Kiffin and we had good success, and mm-hmm. then look what happened. It fizzled out. You know what I mean? So like. I remember after the Final Four run, people were like, "Oh man, tear down the tear down the court, tear down. The, we need a full uh, stadium. Like we, uh, basketball needs to be box office." And it's just to to replicate that success as a mid major, like it, it's just I I don't want to say that it's a Cinderella run, you know, because the players put. I mean. And to go back to what we said about like media and expectations and fan expectations, the players put the expectations on themselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously it's the heat of the moment, but after that Final Four loss, the expectation was they were going to be right back. And, you know, obviously there's plenty of time for them to turn it around. You know, um, 
they were a ninth seed in March Madness and they were still able to, you know, make some noise. But if they make the tournament by the skin of their teeth and they're 16th seed or bottom 10 seed and they have to play in the first round, uh, Purdue, uh, a Kansas, even a North Carolina, play Illinois again. I just, you know, the, the team would have to be playing their absolute best basketball. And um, we haven't even seen Memphis yet, mm-hmm. who is uh, right now the clear uh, leader to, to win the AAC. And um, that's been honestly the main dialogue around the team. And that's what, what Dusty May has, has reciproc- um, kind of like, uh, message to the media is that the goal is to win the AAC championship, right? That's and obviously you know winning any championship's the goal, but I feel like maybe some of that could be like we don't make the tournament if we don't win the AAC championship because we are gonna drop games and who knows maybe the media just falls out of love with the Final Four team. We we don't know how the rest of the season's gonna go, but um, just a, a huge litmus test. Obviously, we don't want to overreact too much to an, another loss. Um, but I feel like the team hasn't had like a, a two-game losing streak. It, it definitely didn't happen last season, and it, it very much could happen this season. Um, and it, you know, it'll definitely take some adjusting for us as the media and the fans to uh, to get used to uh, a losing streak. But I don't think the team, I don't think the team will let that happen. But who knows? Because they could easily just get punched in the mouth again. Not uh, panic too too much yeah oh uh, yeah definitely like if the tournament started today they'd be in and they'd be a pretty high seed relative to like the one seed they've had um i think it was espn they had him as a six seed um and joe lenardi's like bracketology um which i think is just pretty a pretty good seeding with four losses i mean yeah i saw i saw a bracket bracket that had us at uh around seven i think yeah we were at seven again uh which was you know an improvement from last year which is what we want to do um you know is be a higher seed uh so that we can just take care of business in the in the early rounds and you know play some of those lower seeds because obviously we can we can beat uh, well I, actually no i can't even say that well, can we beat teams that were on paper better than espn's joe lenardi uh, this morning he posted with FAU the sixth seed in the Midwest region, which would have them playing number either number eleven Northwestern or Mississippi State, which whoever would win the first four matchup. Which with that's that's not a terrible draw with four losses, I don't think. So it's not not exactly time to panic too much, but you know, one or two more like conference losses, maybe that aren't Memphis. Because if you lose to Memphis, it's, that's that's not a horrible loss on your resume. Even, like, I think if you, maybe if you lose to them twice, that's not terrible on your resume. They're a top 15 team in the country. But, you know, like a loss to Wichita State, like you said, or uh, Rice or someone, um, that, that could knock them out potentially. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, losing to Memphis definitely wouldn't hurt as much. But I think the problem now is that we're losing to teams in the conference that we should be beating. I mean, Charlotte was sub-500 coming in. So, you know, those are the games you don't want to drop. Obviously, if you lose to a competitive team in the conference, it doesn't hurt the resume as bad. And it is a new conference. I guess it definitely doesn't help FAU basketball that, you know, they had that successful run and then it was already determined that we were going to enter a new conference. You know, if we were still in the CUSA, we'd definitely be running things back and there would be no question. Well, it's definitely, it's definitely like helping them. It's helping their case a little bit because I think like a year ago, if you like... 
or say even coming off like the final four run if they're still in like the CUSA, I think four losses might have them out of the in like four losses, two of them in like the CUSA I think might would have them out of like the AP pool. But maybe yeah. not now because the the AAC is like a stronger conference. Yeah. Do you think that like plays a part in it now? Yeah, I would definitely say if they were in the CUSA and they were losing, then the losses would be way worse and the wins would matter less. But then I would feel more confident going into tournament play in comparison to being in the AAC now and we have to play Memphis. And, you know, the teams that are, are you know, we don't want to bat an eye about, like a, a Tulane or a Tulsa um, and, and teams like that. Wichita State's obviously been a, a historic uh, mid-major program. So, you know... There's there's a lot to see. Uh, I'm definitely of the opinion, um, and I appreciate you, Cam, for talking talking us down that we don't need to panic. But you not know, yet. not yet, not yet. And I, it definitely does help that uh, you know there's there's some breathing room between games um, to to kind of like calm down after the loss because I remember everyone was stunned and just extremely upset after the Charlotte loss. Um, but yeah, the FA, the, bat, the team needs to get off of these slow starts. That's definitely been a recipe for disaster. And um, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll next show, we'll, we'll see how the team's looking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, thank you so much, Cameron Priester. You can follow him on his socials at... Uh, at Priester Cameron uh, on Twitter. Uh, JD Del Castillo. Yep, you can follow me on Instagram at JD.DelCastillo and Twitter at JD underscore Del Castillo. And you can follow me, Maddox Greenberg, on uh, Instagram at MaddoxBlade04 and on Twitter at MaddoxGreenberg. Thank you so much. Have a good night. Have a good day, FAU. Peace. Peace.